You're listening to Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois. Before you dive in, if you want to listen to the whole story uninterrupted, you can. Unlock the entire season ad-free right now with a subscription to The Binge. That's all episodes, all at once. Unlock your listening now by clicking subscribe at the top of the Crooked City show page on Apple Podcasts or visit getthebinge.com to get access wherever you get your podcasts. The Binge endless chain of trailers enters State Fair Park here in Oklahoma City as more than 2,000 forces arrive. Every November, thousands of people load up trailers with the best quarter horses in the world and drive them to Oklahoma City. Welcome back to Oklahoma City. They're coming from all over the United States. They're here for the World Show. The show lasts for three weeks, and there are hundreds of events. In some events... Horses are judged based on their looks. Buff, muscular quarter horses take the gold. In other events, horses are judged for how they move through the ring. It is the dream of many an owner to just make it to Oklahoma City with a horse. And in 1992, Rita Crundwell made it to Oklahoma City with a horse. Just one horse. It didn't place, didn't win her a dollar. But she was there, competing amongst the best in the world. That horse's name? Just a big investment. This is Rita. It was exciting, and he was kind of naughty at first. He was, you know, afraid of the flowers and the people. But after he kind of settled down, then he was good. In 1993, Rita brought a different horse, and a man named Jim McKillops showed it for her. The horse plays Dave. And he's really, really a nice baby. In 1996, Rita brought two horses to the World Show. In 97, she brought three. And so this was my first time to show him. And then in 1999, Rita brought six. One of her horses won first place. Her first world championship. To walk out of that ring and be crowned a world championship Uh, is such a coveted prize that very few people will ever earn or experience. In 2002, she brought 12 horses and won three world championship events. We had a pretty good response this year, so we'll probably see if it works again next year. In 2004, Rita brought 22 horses to the world show and competed in 37 events. All of those 22 horses racked up enough points to win her a special honor leading owner of the largest world championship horse show in existence. Makes me cry because she's one of my favorite mares. She just has a special place in my heart. (laughs) She would regularly win the quarter horse contest at the county fair. Her father died in 1967, and that had to be a huge blow. I knew she loved horses from her young childhood. Her horses were her life. The mayor thought it was natural that we promote Rita to be the controller treasurer. The city's working cash is almost down to zero, and there was a lot of juggling of funds to meet payrolls. Rita handles every dollar as if it was her own. And that was true, because it was. I'm Alexa Burke, and this is Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois. Burn it down the whole city tried. Burn it down.
Chapter 3, Good I Will Be. What's the experience of, like, riding a really good horse? I would almost describe that as life-changing. This is Hiram May. He's a horse trainer who gets young horses ready to ride. You can watch somebody's face the first time they ride a really good horse. That horse just does everything naturally on its own. Would you be able to like compare it to anything? Is it like getting into a really nice car? Or... Sure, or first time you actually see really good art or you hear a really, really good song. It's just I, the difference between a really good one and an okay one is way more drastic than what you would think it is. In 2007, when he was 20 years old, Hiram heard the name Rita Crundwell for the first time. She had lots of horses and they were looking for somebody to start riding all the two-year-olds. So I drove up to Wisconsin. To a ranch called the Mary J in a town called Beloit. Just across the border from Illinois. I want to say it's a mile into Wisconsin. It's not a very big town. The two-year-old barn, we usually had 22-year-olds, roughly. Everywhere you look, there's a horse. That barn was only one of three barns at the Mary J. There was also a large show barn. I want to say there was roughly 70-something stalls. You got horses everywhere. (laughs) And it felt huge. When did you realize how many horses Rita had? You didn't have to be there very long to find out. It was a massive number of horses. Hiram got the job, and he started living on the Mary J Ranch. During the early spring months, when it's still really cold up there, we would keep the broodmares in the indoor arena at night so we could keep an eye on them and make sure if any of them were going to have a baby that night, we would put them into a stall. And sometimes the mares had cockaburs stuck in their manes and tails. Late one night, Hiram went to check on the brood mares. And that's when he saw Rita. Cleaning the cockaburs out of her horse's manes and tails. And this is at 10.30 at night or 11 o'clock. And she's out there just cleaning her horses up because that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to be out there and spend time with them. My name is Leonard Berryhill, and I am a professional horseman. Maybe you call it a horse trainer. That's simple terms. We train horses for American Quarter Horse Shows. It just kind of evolved out of things I did in life. I was three years old, and my dad bought me a young three-year-old horse from one of our neighbors. I remember that. Her name was Beth. You know, at the time, I'm three years old, and I can remember her. She had a W brand on her left shoulder. To me, she was huge, but she had to have been very, very small. Just a cute little bay mare and took care of us, raised me and my brother. College didn't have anything for me. 
When the sun shined and the wind didn't blow, I wanted to be outside. And I learned to become a farrier, a horseshoer. And that was the most independent, free-spirited life I could think of. and had no boss. Then I became a horse trainer. I married my wife, and then we bought and built our own place 40 miles northwest of Tulsa, and that's where Talala is today. By 2009, Leonard had some success training and showing quarter horses. And at that point, he hadn't met Rita Crundwell, but he'd heard of her. She was the deal. She was it. Her and her program, they won a lot, and she was the big cheese in the horse show world at that time. Rita had just been named the leading owner at the American Quarter Horse World Show for the fifth year in a row. One day, Leonard was riding in the Western class at a competition when he noticed that Rita and a tall man wearing a cowboy hat were watching him. When I talk about Rita... I'm basically going to be calling them, Rita and Jim, because Jim McKillops was her boyfriend, and they didn't do much without each other. He lived in Beloit, Wisconsin, and she lived in Dixon, Illinois, so they were together quite a lot. So Jim flagged me over and said, son, come over here, would you? I want to talk to you. And Jim and I are pretty close to the same age. That's just the way he talks. I said, we've been watching you ride, and we think that you and our stallion, good I will be, would be a good combination. Just like everybody in Quarter Horse World knew Rita Crundwell, most of them also knew her young stallion named Good I Will Be. Just a majestic, beautiful, beautiful horse. 16 hands, 1,400 pounds of just good guy. At the time, Good I Will Be was competing in the halter class which is like a beauty pageant. But Rita wanted more for her best horse. We want you to teach him to change leads, do the Western riding class, and do the all-around classes for Rita to ride him in. I was flattered, I was flabbergasted, I was a little bit taken aback. You know, I'd done a lot in my career, but I still considered myself just small potatoes. And then when they asked me to ride their horse, it just really, it really, really flattered me. And uh, I was going to get to ride this fabulous horse that I love to watch so much. So I was yes, pretty happy. Yeah, I was very happy. Rita and Jim came to Tallala, Oklahoma, the town of 265 people. You would have thought Barnum and Bailey Circus was coming to Tallala, Oklahoma. There were seven trucks, eight people, and four horses. And it was fabulous. It was fabulous. There there were no corners cut. She did everything A+, everything just as good as you could do it. Rita and Jim stayed with the Berry Hills for a few days, and Leonard got to know her a little better. She was very high energy. She didn't sleep a lot. She was always, always thinking. There was always a little bit of a nervous edge to Rita. She'd look in the eye when she talked to you. She wasn't shy, and, and... She could take a joke. She could give a joke, you know. But she didn't relax a lot. She didn't relax much. Rita, she was more hands-on than most customers. This is Lee Berryhill. Along with her husband, Leonard, she was in charge of training Good I Will Be. A horse trainer, first of all, takes care of the horses. I mean, I'm in charge of every single thing. The owner really doesn't have to think 
about day-to-day care. And then once the horse is really finished, we're training the person to ride them. And Rita was just getting ready to start the West Riding. I was maybe a little intimidated because she'd won a lot. And it's a person that's older than you. But she was very willing to listen. She'd be like, no, no, tell me. And as I got to know her more and more, I could just tell her whatever. She'd come out and I'd be like, no, that was not good, you know. And she was very easy to communicate with. The very first Quarter Horse Congress that we had Willie at, which is in Columbus, Ohio, and it's kind of cold, you know, and it was kind of rainy and just yuck, I can remember. And we drive 16 hours. 16 hours is just a little pushing it for us. So our trailer's full to the brim. The Berry Hills pulled their horse trailer into the fairgrounds in Columbus to find Rita there, waiting for them. And she comes out with a wheelbarrow and a pitchfork. Well, you can imagine 16 hours, six horses in a horse trailer. There's a lot of poop, a lot of pee. She cleaned it all out herself. I'm like, Rita, don't do that. No, I'll do it. If you were carrying in something, she's going to get up and help you. Somebody taught her that that's what you get up and do. And she was a get up and doer. And I thought to myself, okay, she really is a real person, you know. I think that I always felt a little closeness to her because she seemed so real. And I always felt like she cared about what happened to Leonard and I. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. Hey, Alexa, it's Leonard. Sometime tomorrow, when you land or, you know, on a connection or something, call me. I wanted to know more about Rita and her horses. So when Leonard and Lee Berryhill invited me to a horse show, I flew to Oklahoma City. When I arrived, I rented a car and drove over to the state fairground to meet some horses. 
it is windy and rainy out. There are a lot of huge, like these like warehouse barns and arenas. And I'm looking for Lee. Excuse me, do you know how to get to barn eight? After getting a little lost, walking by stalls and stalls of horses, I finally find Lee. Reba? Reba! And there are dogs running around everywhere. <laughs> Hi, Reba. <laughs> That's my love. And Rita got her for me. Lee grabs the reins of one of her horses and heads towards a practice ring. Okay, I'm gonna trot right on over to that cover. Go ahead and do what you need to do and I'll just kind of follow you around, so. Yeah, if I don't, I'll get fired by my husband. <laughs> I've been trying for 32 years. To get fired? Yeah. That's the performance arena. Okay. So Rita definitely showed in all these arenas here. Let's go down here and we'll see her stalls. Lee walks me to a long corridor lined on both sides with empty stalls. And these would all have horses all in them. Say she had 15 horses and 10 tag stalls almost. A couch room, a kitchen room, uh, you know, yeah. and then a neon sign up on the top that said RC Court Horses. Okay. RC, as in Rita Crundwell. Rita used one of the stalls as an office to keep an eye on her work for the city of Dixon. They'd clean it up a little bit, put like a rug down of some sort, and put a desk in there, a computer with a big screen and printer, and she would be in there just working away. Did everyone know what she was doing? Yes, yeah, that they knew she was the comptroller of the town of Dixon. Mm -hmm. The weirdest part was the mail always came here. Oh, she got the Dixon mail. No, somebody would bring it. From Dixon? Oh. Not that, yeah, well like... Oh, but a family member that was um, there working, okay, yeah. Was it normal that people were doing other jobs while they were here? No, that's unusual. Leonard comes over. He's riding a horse. In one hand, he holds the reins, and in the other, a cup of coffee. He hands me the coffee and jumps down. This is Chloe. Hi, Chloe. Chloe belongs to a lady in Washington. We've got horses from all over the country. Hmm. Can I pet her? The firmer you are with your hand, the better they like it. Mm. So yeah. muscular. Walk through here and I'll show you something about horses. Leonard starts to show me his client's horses. That one was rather cheap. I was twenty-five thousand, I believe. This horse was one hundred and thirty thousand. This horse was fifty thousand. That horse was a hundred thousand and has been priced at two hundred thousand. They gave one hundred and fifty thousand for this horse. People will pay a million dollars for a horse to win a seventy-five dollar trophy. Later in the day. Lee brings me to the arena where Rita might win one of those $75 trophies. And this is where the World Show is, so oh, wow. okay. that's where Rita would have gone into the World Show every time. Okay. Lee points to a sign above the entrance to the arena. The Gateway of Champions. Uh -huh. This is everybody's dream, probably your dream her whole life, which mm -hmm. was growing up, was go down in there and say the Gateway of Champions. Waiting to go through the Gateway of Champions with Good I Will Be, Rita had come a long way from the 12-year-old tomboy farm girl at those 4-H meetings. A long way from the nerdy girl in high school who missed out on being homecoming queen. And a long way from the young woman selling off all her horses after her mother passed away. World 
you know, I um, grew up doing this my whole life. And so I can imagine the feeling she had wanting to come and win in that arena because I can remember the first time I won in that arena. And, you know, it's just like, you just think, oh my God, that's our superstars. That's our Super Bowl. That's our everything. So, you know, you'd have probably a thousand people as you're waiting your turn in a line. It's pretty overwhelming. She was a, a fidgety person. And I might talk to her a few last minute things before they go in. And then it would say it all on the jumbo trump. Entry number 529, Good I Will Be. <laughs> then you go into a trot, and then you trot over a pole, and then you go into a lope. The rest of the whole thing is loping with lead changes around cones. When it's done well, it's kind of like a ballet of sorts, a dance together. And Rita had the perfect dance partner. Good I will be. He had more talent in his toenail than most horses do. And heart. Maybe his heart was more than his talent, even. Now I'm going to start crying, so I'm going to stop talking about it. <laughs> Now, ladies and gentlemen, your 2007, 2008, and now 2009 Amateur Performance Stallion World Champion. Congratulating three, 522, good I will be. Was she a very good rider? Yeah, yeah. She was very confident, but yeah, she, she loved riding. Is that what she wanted to do the most, or was it more about the horses winning? Oh, I think it was more about the horses winning. Rita, congratulations. Thank you very much. This is the first Performance Stallion Championship, and you were first under all the judges. What does this mean to you? It's very special. He was also the uh, Congress champion, and he's the best horse I've ever thrown my leg over. Oh, she loved him so much. That was by far her favorite horse. Congratulations, Rita. How do you all plan to celebrate? Um, have a big steak, I hope. Life with Rita was good. I mean, we ate at the best places. She treated us like we were kings. Rita and Jim go to Mickey Mantle's in Oklahoma City, which is a very high dollar steakhouse, and they wanted everybody to go. They liked to sit at the bar when they went to a steakhouse, and you could always look over and see her foot bouncing up and down. She took 25 people there one time, and I know that bill was over $5,000. Holy cow, there was people here that don't do anything for her. They're just here bumming off her tab. So if there were large crowds, we just wouldn't go because we didn't want to feel like we were taking advantage of her. And she'd get, she'd get a little testy with us. she you guys got to come on you more than anybody need to be here with me. Then we'd tell her why, and, and she'd understand, but then she made sure that we all went someplace fancy by ourselves. With the fancy dinners and a growing herd of champion quarter horses, people started to wonder where Rita had gotten all her money. The rumor we had that she had befriended some rich little old lady and she had left her a lot of money. My wife heard it from someone and then she told it to me. Maybe she invested wisely and got some uh, real estate that AT&T bought. 
you know, people just speculating, I guess. And rumors spread around Horse World. We were told that Rita had a boyfriend that passed away, and he was much older than her and left all her money to her, and it was believable. I had heard something to do with, like, a cell phone company. Like, every time that cell phone rang, like, she made money. Like any cell phone. Kind of, yeah. I know that sounds ridiculous. I remember uh, at one point, somebody thought that her family had bought stock in Campbell's Soup, and they made a lot of money off that. Oh, everybody speculated, but nobody really knew anything. But there's never anything that she said. Or oh, no. No, because no. I mean, I'm not going to ask her. We don't ask them where their money comes from. It's not our business. Who was Rita Crundwell? Rita, she was always just the very nicest person you could ever want and very positive and very uplifting, you know? She wanted to win herself, but she also wanted people that were helping her. She wanted them to do well, too. And then that's just a preface. So in answer to your question, who's Rita Crunwell? Well, I guess we didn't really know. I saw this one account that I had never heard of before. It was RSCDA, City of Dixon. What I noticed on it was three large deposits for that month. It was three hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand, and one hundred and fifty thousand, and it was in care of Rita Crundwell. That's next time on Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois. Unlock all episodes of Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois, ad-free right now by subscribing to the Binge podcast channel. Not only will you immediately unlock all episodes of this show, but you'll get binge access to an entire network of other great true crime and investigative podcasts, all ad-free. Plus, on the first of every month, subscribers get a binge drop of a brand new series. That's all episodes all at once. Unlock your listening now by clicking subscribe at the top of the Crooked City show page on Apple Podcasts or visit getthebinge.com to get access wherever you get your podcasts. Same excuse. Now I'm gonna try something new. Gonna open my heart and let all my neighbors come through. Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois is a production of Truth Media in partnership with Sony Music Entertainment. The show is produced by Kenny Kusiak, Alyssa Martinet, Kevin Shepard, and Zach St. Louis. I'm Alexa Burke, your host and senior producer. Story editing by Mark Smerling. Scott Curtis is our production manager. Fact-checking by Danya Suleiman. Voice acting by Nicholas Gray. Sound design by Kenny Kusiak and Alexa Burke. George Drabing-Hicks did the mix. Music by Epidemic Sounds, Marmoset, and Blue Dot Sessions. Our title track is Sweet Revenge by Big Girl. Thank you to the American Quarter Horse Association, the Lee County Historical Society, and Sauk Valley News. Continue the conversation with us online by tweeting at CrookedCityPod. Special thanks to Dr. Kelly Richmond-Pope, director of the documentary All the Queen's Horses and accounting professor at DePaul University. You can check out her book, Fool Me Once, Scams, Stories, and Secrets from the Trillion Dollar Fraud Industry. 
If you've enjoyed Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps other people find the show. And thanks for listening. The world is your hometown.